Yat A. Hello. Welcome to Real Native Roots Untold Stories, a podcast by a Native woman with deep roots, hosted by yours truly, Vicki Katsuli Boy Oldman. I am a lover of stories, a connector, and a holder of wisdom keepers. Each month, we will be connecting with our Native relatives and exploring what medicine our guests share and offer to us. Please join me on this uncharted journey to learn, connect, and reflect. Ayahat. Thank you. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? This is something new. <laughs> I'm not going to do it all the time. It may be once in a blue moon. And we know that intuitively, I really try to make decisions that way, listen to what my body tells me. And I think this morning, for sure, it was much more solidified to do a video podcast with my friend. I can't wait to have her join us. And I'm going to do things a little differently as well in terms of... Usually I tell you what's going on with me and then I read a poem and then introduce our guests. I am going to shift that a little bit. I'm still reading a poem, so I'm going to naturally go with the flow to see how that all pans out. And so I just ask that you give me grace. I really hope you enjoy today's guest because I adore and love her and have known her for quite some time. And it's been such a delight to watch her in her journey. Just wanted to give you a heads up on that. All right. So we're going to get started. Hi, Jan. Hey there. Hi. Yes. Also known as Hollywood. I gave her that nickname 10, 12 years ago. I don't remember, but it's so good to see you. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks. Yes. Thank you. I'm really excited. So folks, this is my guest. And as I had mentioned before, I'm going to do things a little differently. Usually I check in with you all and let you know what's going on in my life. I'll just say quickly that I'm good. I'm in a good place. So I'm still going to read a poem, but I want to introduce my beautiful friend here, Jennifer Marincheck. And she, um, everybody's got to have a Jennifer in their life. This kind of Jennifer is all I'm going to say. She's a, a like I've known her, I always tell you guys how I meet these people, right? These beautiful souls. So I actually, I think we've known each other for oh, at least 20 years, close to 20 years or something like that. And we were similar career path at the time. And I was doing a lot of training nationally and Indian country, building a cadre of native trainers to do uh classes in their community. And when I think that's how we met, I'm pretty confident. And Jennifer was a participant. And when I'm usually in the space, I always kind of see folks. I'm like, oh, that person would be awesome. Anyway, long story short, that path, you know, connected us and we end up training and working together. And that turned into a beautiful friendship, and here we are. And uh, Jennifer is from the Tohono O'odham Nation. That is her people, our relatives in Arizona. And when I first met her, she lived in California. Did a lot of work with Native communities in the area in Los Angeles, but also nationally. She worked a lot with the youth, with the elders. You also did a lot of policy advocacy work. I know that you you were involved with that. And you, what I always say is like, I feel like you are one that creates, like you kind of get things going. And I, that's what I've observed in my journey in being in a relationship with you as a friendship. Anyway, so that's how I met Jennifer. That's what she does. And now her whole career has shifted and we're going to talk more about that in our time together. She is a filmmaker, a producer, a director, an actor. She's all of that. <laughs> and then some. So that's a little bit about Jen. Jen, why don't you say hello to our listeners? If you want to add anything more to who you are, that would be beautiful. Yes. Skuktash. Ani Niptikik Jennifer Varenchek. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Jennifer Varenchek, and I'm from the Sonoma Nation. Um, and 
I have known Vicky for, yeah, I have to sit here and go, how long have we known each other? Because I know it's been a very long time, but yeah, probably 20 plus years. And I liked hearing that intro because sometimes I have, I'm, you know, you know how they have that saying the second act, like you have a second act, like I'm fully second act right now. And I forgot about my first act. (laughs) How is that? (laughs) so hearing you say all that was like oh yeah well I did all that stuff (laughs) so I I appreciate that but um now I'm fully emerged in the filmmaking world and I absolutely absolutely love it and I'm I was just saying last night to my partner Glenn I was like I am happy in my life like and it 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 feels good because I think I wasn't happy, but I didn't know that I wasn't happy. But now that I do know, it's like, oh wow, life can be like this. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love it. Yeah. Well, it got me curious thinking about like how did the first act prepare you for the second act? Mm, that's a really good question. I think the first act really taught me a lot, first of all, a lot of hard, hard lessons. Um, it taught me how to read a room, for sure. Because things, when when you're doing the kind of work that, that we did, training, getting in front of folks, having to publicly speak, Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be quick on your feet, and you have to know how, like, how to read a room. Are folks needing a break, or you know, are they excited about this? Should I kind of go through this really quick because they don't like it? You know, all of those things. And then another thing that it did was it really exposed me to a variety of any throughout a new country. Like, because I did trainings on reservations, I did trainings in, like, urban communities, I did trainings in, like, you know, you have to drive hours away and only <laughs> to, like, a really small, small rural community. So uh, just a variety, you know, from Florida to Oregon, to, you know, just a variety. And it really was one of the most beautiful educations in my life. I treasure it because I got to learn so much so quickly and really experiential living, like living with the people when mm. staying in communities, making friends, things like that. Yeah, it that was it was beautiful. So I gathered a lot of stories and a lot of characters and using them in my current storytelling life. So Jen, we're going to talk about part two, act two, (laughs) but before we do that, I always offer our listeners a poem and I was telling you earlier, you know, I really need to go back to my podcast to see when I did the first poem and then I just started to do it afterwards and it really brings me joy. And so speaking of joy, (laughs) I'm going to read from Joy Harjo. And this book was actually gifted to me by my beautiful friend, Mari. Um, I had a birthday recently and she gave this book to me and it's more of a, it's her memoir. And so we, throughout her memoir, she sprinkles in some poems. And anyway, last night I usually do, sometimes I'm really strategic. I really find the right poem. Last night I'm like, all right, spirit, I'm going to allow you to pick the poem for us. I just kind of flipped it and then landed on this poem. So, love for you to hear, love to see how it resonates with you. Um, There's actually no title to it, Mm. but I have a feeling it's called Poet Warrior. And so, all right, I'm going to get my reading glasses on. You don't see me, I'll squint in. All right, here we go. This is how it starts. Okay. There you are, voice said poet warrior as she began writing poetry, because there was no other way to speak. It was unlike any voice from within her. It wasn't her little girl voice, 
or the defensive teenage girl voice, or the tamp down so I don't get hurt voice, or the leave me alone voice. She didn't know this voice at first. She watched it emerge from afar, admiring it, and at once fearful of it. It was a red bird on a branch of wind. It was a whirling rainbow in the hand of a child. It was a trail of ancestors walking and on horseback approaching and crossing. A rain cloud and ever-changing light. Where does she come from? She asked the voice. If you follow me, said the voice, without words, you will know where I come from, who I am, and where I'm going in a time made of willow branches. And the voice kept going. And the poet warrior kept following, no matter, her restless life in the chaos of the story field. Mm. Wow. Yeah. What spoke to you on that? Well, I'm very visual. So I was visualizing everything that every line that was read that for for me, what I felt and um and what I saw was like a little girl chasing after this spirit that following it took her to places that she probably would have never gone if she wouldn't didn't have it within her to chase. And I like that. Yeah, I, I appreciate it how she also just sort of acknowledged all our different voices. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I was like, ooh, I love that. And and I also appreciated um I mean it's really about her and what she is finding herself. That's what I took away from that, like really finding mm-hmm. who she is. And when I read it, I was like, Oh my God, this is so Jen. <laughs> this poem is about her, you know. Um and how you have evolved and continue to evolve. We're always evolving as human beings. And there was one part of the poem I thought was a beautiful bridge to have you share with us. And she writes in the poem, where did you come from? And I was like, oh, that's a beautiful bridge to ask Jen. Tell us a little bit about where you come from. Please share a little bit about your roots and, um, you know, what was single digit Jennifer like? <laughs> Actually, it's, the question is like the roots, but also like, tell us the seasons of Jennifer. Like there's the spring season and there's a the summer season. And I believe, I humbly believe you and I in our fall season. So yeah, share a little bit with us. Sure. So I was born in Los Angeles and I was adopted at 12 weeks old and I was raised by my mother and my father. They're Caucasian. We moved from Los Angeles to Northern California, where I spent most of my life. And we lived in a small town called Danville. It's in California, Northern California. Beautiful, beautiful town. Um, Low crime rate, friendly people. We had annual 4th of July chili cook-off. Everyone came into town, as well as the annual... Christmas tree lighting ceremony where everyone came, you know, it was just like, it was really nice. However, being adopted, I was the only dark face and that definitely um, had its moments of not being so great, but the overall general was good, but I did have those. I definitely did get bullied Mm. (laughs) and I definitely have, um, trauma that I've been healing, you know, from different incidents throughout. Um, And then after, so I went to a private high school and then a private university. I went to St. Mary's College of Northern California. And then I moved to Los Angeles after I graduated. And I moved in with my grandparents. I didn't know anybody other than my family. And my cousin was dating oh this girl and her grandmother and my grandmother 
were friends. They met because these two have been dating since they were in high school. So they had already spent four years together and now they're in college. So now it's like going on six years. So the families knew each other really well. So my grandmother knew her grandmother and the grandmother started talking as they do. And they were like, well, my grandmother, you know, my granddaughter just moved here, you know, to Los Angeles. And I'm like, oh, my granddaughter, she's about to move here to Los Angeles. So pretty soon they set us up. And that was my best friend, Juanita. We met and we just hit it off. We both wanted to get into the film industry. We both like were ready to work. She ended up being a really good, like she she worked as a production assistant and really got into got into it. However, me, I kind of veered. I was taking classes, just like acting classes at Stella Adler or at the Groundlings. Mm -hmm. But I started working in the Native American community and in Los Angeles. And so that's where I really started my community work. And I, it's like, we both started at the same time, you know, and then we just kind of like, she kept going and I just went like all the way around. And now, you know, we're meeting up again because she's still in the business. <clears throat> and I'm I am now too. So it's just funny because that, you know, that detour, if you will, it it introduced me to Indian country. And that's what my stories are about. So it like it all comes together. You know what I mean? It always does. <laughs> yes. So um, so now I live in a completely different location. I live um, on the island of Oahu in um, a legally occupied kingdom of Hawaii. And I have a absolutely wonderful, beautiful life right now. And I enjoy saying that because... I realized that I just wasn't happy before. It's kind of like if you've ever, if you've ever been like, you didn't have glasses or you didn't have the right prescription and then you put the right one on and then it's like, yes, I could have been seeing this all along. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> and it's good. There is like a, a little bit of fear of like, you know, something's coming because it can't be this good. <laughs> but I have, I'm working on that. You know, I'm being honest and I'm I'm working on it. In fact, you know, I, I had a really good conversation last night with Glenn about that, about this like fear of like self-sabotage or like, you know, bringing something around that doesn't like, um, you know, when you create something because you're just so like concerned. So I'm working through that. Um, and I think it's interesting that, um, I can't just, I can't just have a good life. I have to be worried. <laughs> think about how much energy that is, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, before you go further, before we go too far forward, I was curious, two things. Thank you for letting us know about a little bit about your past and what it was like to grow up in Los Angeles. And it got me curious, two things. One is your last name, Varenchek. I was like, I wonder what that means. And, you know, the meaning of that and that comes from clearly your family. So let's answer that question and I'll ask the second one afterwards. Sure. Um, Varenchek is actually, it's Ukrainian. So, yes. <laughs> so, ah, interesting. Um, yes. This is something I'm, I'm learning new about you. Um, and I, I used to say like, it's Ukrainian and people would go, huh? And then I'm like, oh, like, you know, Russian. Oh, okay. I know what that is. But now everybody <laughs> knows what Ukrainian is. Yeah. It's Ukrainian. Um, my great, great, great grandfather is the one who came over to Ellis Island. And, um, it's actually pronounced and spelled a completely different way, but they, they gave it, um, when they checked in here, they gave it to Baranchek. It's like Voronenchuk, something like that. <laughs> Say it again. Voronenchuk. Voronenchuk. I've probably seen it all yeah, wrong too. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, um, it's, a name that has gone through for, for me, it's been 
an in, you know interesting journey because when I reconnected with my biological family, there were phases like, well, do I want to be you know something my my other want to go by my other name by my mother's name by my father's name, and then I was married for a while, and that's when we met because my last name before. I know has been in your head for a while. Because <laughs> when you meet someone that way, it's hard, right? To switch. Yeah. Um, I so now I'm that. back to Varenchek <laughs> and and I don't think I'm ever gonna change my name because mm. it's a it's actually oh I it's just it can be very tedious and it's a lot of work. So Varenchek. <laughs> I feel you, sister. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> Thank you. I love that. I did not know that. So now I do. Yeah. So the other thing they had mentioned about growing up in Los Angeles and being adopted at 12 years old. I don't know if a lot of our people know, folks who are not from, you know, are not indigenous may not know about ICWA, the Indian Child Welfare Act. And that act basically protects children and tries to keep the children within the community or with a relative. And so I assume, I don't want to give your age away. You probably don't really care, but I know ICWA was in the in the 70s. And so was that act in place in terms of you and your adoption experience? Yes. Real quick, first of all, I was adopted at 12 um, weeks, not 12 years. Um, and I was born in LA, but I was raised in Northern California in Danville. So that's where I did most of Well, I mean, I did growing up, but I did like my adult growing up in Los Angeles. So yes, the the law came into act in 78 and I was adopted in 72. So um, what happened was the tribe tried to get me back and the judge ruled that I had been with my family, like I had bonded which I had. And I do remember having social service workers come to the house. Like not a lot, but I just remember like that that feeling <laughs> that somebody's here and we gotta behave, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but um um so I have like just flashes of memories. But yeah, so I guess my for my mom that was very um traumatic mm. the idea of me being taken away her daughter being taken away and it really scarred her a lot to the point that she did not allow me to go to our reservation my reservation until I turned 18 because she was afraid that if I went on the reservation that they would they would take me <laughs> so, um, and so I grew up always knowing that I was native, but really not knowing a lot because, you know, it just was nothing was really shared with me. And where I lived, I mean, there were, there was no people of color. So, I mean, in sixth grade, someone moved in to our block that was also, they were, it was a black family. And I was so excited because there was somebody else that was dark like me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, it just, that just confirms like we want to, we want to feel connection. We need connection. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't want to yeah. feel alone, you know? And so thank you for sharing that. And I know like right now the policy is being, <sighs> um, it's being challenged. Um, so I haven't been watching it closely, but I know that that's something that our indigenous, our native organizations are keeping watch on. Have you been watching and following it? I really actually, I haven't either. Um, but I do know that um, it's, I believe in ICWA. I'm an advocate of ICWA. I have almost like testified in some cases as an Indigenous person supporting ICWA as an adoptee. Um, so, but I haven't really kept up, up with it. I've, uh, now that I, I feel like I kind of like stepped out of that arena, I just kind of like 
talk to folks and they're the ones who tell me what's going on. Like I, I'll, I'll get my news from them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I get it. You know, when you're, when you're in your world, right, your little ecosystem, you're just aware of what's in there and I'm in the same way. And sometimes I'm like, what is going on here? Tell me a little bit. What's going on with the monkey pox? You know? <laughs> yes. So thank you for that. And I, just one other question about, you know, I, you know, when you realize all of this and you stayed with your family and I know at some point in your season, you got curious and wanted to know, like, who are my people? You know, what, what is my tribe about? And during that discovery, as you are learning, what would you say you're like most proud of in terms of being Tohono O'odham? Hmm. Um, I feel that my people are very adaptable, that I'm very resourceful because we were able to create aqua systems in the desert. And subsist in the desert and thrive in the desert and have a strong connection to the land whereas where other folks might come into the territory and they just see a desert and it's and they don't see what what I see which is like beauty and life and a whole ecosystem you know but I know that other people can look at it and they're like it's just a desert you know why would you how would you you know all of these other things so I I'm really proud of that and it goes for any any um geographical location you know Alaska you know places that other people would be like I can't live here our people would be like you can if you are one with the land mm. so um that's one thing that I'm really proud of when it comes to um, Donald Nation. Mm, thank you, Jen. I appreciate that. And it's true, you know, if you are connected with the land and wherever you're at, you really see how it is truly all alive and, you know, and, and it's medicine for us when we're mm -hmm. out there just really embracing the air and the trees and the rocks, all of it. So thank you. All right. I wanted to transition a little bit to uh, one thing that I love and admire about you. And as I've been watching you and your journey from LA to where you're at now, and uh, I, I know you probably don't know this, but I'm telling you, you probably inspire a lot of people more than you think. And I'm one of them. Um, I'm a Jen fan, right? And so I remember you at one point really like you were on this path of self-discovery. You would, I remember you would do vision boards. You're all about manifestation. Um, and during that time, as you were exploring, I, I guess, what was the moment where you decided to really like, you know what? Life are, is on my terms and I'm going to make the, made, make, make things happen for myself. And I, I don't know if there was a breaking point from that to you really going on that journey. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh my goodness. Um, so um, I don't know when I, I, I think as far as going, like starting to be like in writing and directing and all of and filmmaking, I know one thing that really did heavily influence me was um, I took screenwriting classes at Long Beach City College and our professor, he made us, um, he made us read this article by Mark Duplass or not read the article. He made us watch a video by Mark Duplass from the South by Southwest Film Festival in 2015. And in this particular article or in this video, he talked about how um, you can't wait for like the cavalry to come, which I know as Native people, we're trying to like, we don't like that term, but, <laughs> um, but his whole uh, point was like, you can't, nobody's coming to rescue you. If you are going to do something, you have to do it yourself when it, especially when it comes to the entertainment world. 
It's like there might be these crazy stories about people that like walk in and they get like a three picture deal or whatever. And that's possible. It could happen, but it's not going to happen to you. So if you're going to do it, you are going to have to do it. And here's how to do it. And then he laid out like a step by step plan year by year how how to do it. You know, he's like you start by making your three dollar movie and your three dollar short. You know, just grab your phone, grab your friends. And he's like, all right, now you make your, you know. And so I started following that plan. And I was like, the way that he explained it, it seemed very possible. So that was kind of like, and I listened to his speech. So that was in 2015. So it wasn't that long ago. But I listened to that speech twice a year because it really like, the way that he does it, you know, he, he, he like really, he's that, uh, that motivator that I need, you know, that Rocky in your corner, like, all right, come on, get out there, get out there. You can go kid. That's how I feel after I hear his speech. I love it. Well, thank you for that story. And I want to mention to folks that you, Jennifer has actually met with Oprah virtually. And I, I bring her up because I feel like she's a part of this like visionary manifestation about doing the work about even this gentleman you were talking about, about, you know, making a commitment about how, how we come out. And the reason why I want to spend a little bit of time on this is because a lot of us struggle at some point in our life. And, you know, we have to put work into what we want to do, what we want to become. And when we don't do it and we complain or who we spend our time with and how we spend our time really is the result of what you see around you. And as the gentleman said, you're going to have to do the work, you know, and there was a poem I read in one of my podcasts recently. And, and Richard is the poet. He was saying something like, people want to know, how do I become a good writer? And they say that as they're watching television, you know? Mm. And so anyway, one thing that really struck me about your, so Jennifer's on TikTok and you had mentioned this on TikTok about meeting Oprah and that the big takeaway from you was about like who you surround yourself with. Do you want to enlighten us more about your epiphany with that moment and, and how you've actually practiced that? Cause that's hard and who you surround with and there are people that you, you adore, but you know, you know, that how they show up may not be in the best benefit for, for you. Yeah. And it's, it, it, it's, I'm still learning that lesson. I think I'll be learning that for, well, I don't want to be learning it for one. I want to learn it already, but it's hard. <laughs> so um, basically what in that particular um, seminar, it was like what I walked away, What one of the things that they said was like, yeah, maybe that person is really nice when they're with you, but they talk about other people to you. So they're nice to you, but they're like, you know, however, with other people and that just don't think that they're not talking about you when they're with other people, like, and so just really seeing like how people are treating other people. And then is that the kind of company that you want to be in? Sometimes yes, sometimes no, right? Because some, sometimes they might be loving on other people saying amazing things like, oh, wow, that's a really supportive friend, you know, and sometimes not. So that, um, I think with COVID kind of bringing everyone indoors and making everybody virtual, um, that was helpful in my transition because I was, I had moved, just moved to, um, Hawaii from Los Angeles. And so I was missing my friends, but we were all missing. Everybody was missing each other, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we were all seeing each other virtually. Um, and it, it really was easy to connect with the people that were at a core, at my core, at my inner circle. We made sure that those relationships stayed intact and kind of like let the others drift. You know, it's not that they, I don't love them. It's not that they're not important, but it's just, I don't have energy to hold on to everybody especially during when COVID was like hardcore. It's like, it's, it was a traumatic period in everyone's life. 
So I think that being able to discern between those that can be um, supportive, beneficial, and loving, like that's what it's all about. And learning to pull away from energy that can be draining or negative. Definitely any type of energy that's like taking away and draining you. If you're trying to reach your for your dream, if you're on your goal for your journey, you do not want to be around those people because they're going to zap you. It's just like you you have to be hardcore when you're on that journey. And like, I can't be detoured right now. Mm. <laughs> and it's hard. Yeah, because you're you're probably, I'm sure, getting tested every now and then. Just when you think you got it, then something will come up and you're like, oh, how do I say this in a very clear but kind way? Yeah, that's hard. And when I when I saw that little clip on TikTok, I was like, ooh, that is powerful. And it made me sit and think a little bit about my circle. Like who who in my circle do I should not be like <sighs> spending time with because it's draining, you know, it's, mm. it's draining. And then I, cause they're taking, they're taking my energy, right. And, or I'm giving it really, if I, when I choose to be in that space, I'm giving it and then I have to refuel and then where am I going to get refueled? Right. So very, very, very interesting. You had mentioned the word transition or just in this last comment, and it made me think about this question here. You shared a little bit about your journey, your act one in kind of how you went this way and your friend went straight forward. And, but what it offered you, right? You, you've learned so much in the act one and, and then as you tr transition into act two, it made me think about this question. What image would you use to describe your transformation? And maybe in this case, what image would you describe your transition from where you're at to this feel that you're in, you know, the film industry. And uh, and I would say also, besides describing that, you know, when you landed, was it all that you wanted it to be? Mm. Okay, so the first question, I think you said image. Um, and the... This is not, but I want to tell you that the first image that came to my mind, this is not the image because I have another one, but this is the first one that came to my mind was, um, you know, Wonder Woman when she's like spinning around, Linda, Linda Carter, Wonder Woman. <laughs> and she's like spinning around and then like, that's like, okay, it's like this, you know, she comes in and she's like got her glasses and she's all like, you know, and then she spins around and then she's like off to action. So that's the first image that came to my mind. But what I, but then when I thought about it, I combined it with, um, do you know who Jamie Summers is? The uh, bionic woman. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. This is what I liked about the combining of those two images, because when she did her special stunts, for those of you that don't know, the bionic woman is a show from the seventies featuring a woman who had partly mechanical like robotic powers and so she was super strong and super fast and could hear things and see things anyways um she when she would run in the special effects she would be going slow in slow motion but really she would be running like fast for our like but but like they slowed it down and they made this special effect noise it's like ch -ch 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 noise <laughs> And that's what I feel like, because I feel like, you know, I'm older, I'm, um, you know, I'm 50 and it's taken me a long time to get to where I am. So it's like, <laughs> I'm still in it, you know, I'm still going for it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's great. That's a great image. It really is. And it also really is a beautiful way to describe when we're in something new, but something we love, we're still going towards it. And, you know, it made me curious about like, oh, that slowness. What is that slowness offering? That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jen, congratulations on 
all of your accomplishments. So, you know, I remember very well when you made the declaration in, in Act One about this transition. You're like, all right, folks, there's a whole room of trainers. I'm out of here. <laughs> you didn't say it that way, but pretty much you're like, I'm I'm transitioning and I'm I'm gonna go into the film industry. And, you know, and since then I've been watching you and you've been at it. You've been at it. You've been sharing with me little video clips. My favorite still is Dip or Pour. So if you go to her YouTube channel, you'll see all of her clips. Some of them are for commercials. And also during some of the work when she was, you were doing some advocacy work. So I've got to see the journey, the snippets. And then recently you have been doing some pretty amazing short films. And you can talk a little bit about the latest one. But the other one I'll mention that I was too chicken to watch. I started to watch it. And then I was like, no, I can't do this. And I literally like, okay, I'm going to smudge right now. (laughs) I'm like, Jan, I can't believe you're making stuff like this. (laughs) But you got awards for that too. You got recognition for that video. So why don't you tell us about those two videos? But more importantly, I really want you to transition to the latest one and why that inspired you. Um, Sure. So... <clears throat> the scary one that you mentioned is called Crossers, and I made it for a, a film challenge in Los Angeles, CFC, Collaboration Filmmakers Challenge, where you get two weeks to go. They give you um, a line of dialogue or like a theme. They give you like requirements, and then you have to film things, and you have to write something and film it in two weeks. So go from like nothing to turning in a film in two weeks. Oh. And you also had to get help and give help to one other contestant. So um, I made crossers and I made it because sometimes I would wake up in the middle of the night and go to the restroom and look like wash when I'm done, like washing my hands, I'd look in the mirror and I'd get scared. And I would, you know, that quintessent, that, that like, when you look in the mirror and then like you put the water in your face and then you come up and there's like somebody behind you, you know, <laughs> like, I. Because I wouldn't turn on the light. I, it would just be like the the moonlight and whatnot. And it's just, it would scare me. And so that's kind of like what the seed was planted of like, where did this seed come from? Mm. Because you're watching scary stuff. You shouldn't be watching scary stuff. Whose voice is that? Grandma's voice saying, don't, that's bad medicine, you know, which, which created this whole thing of um, at that time. There was a like a um, reality ghost series that went to Navajo Nation, actually. And um, there's a big controversy like on social media of people writing like, oh, they shouldn't be here. And other people mm-hmm. saying like, they should be here. It's good. So they can see like what we're like nowadays. And it was just a lot of um, talk about it. So all of those things, I put that together. And that's what kind of like influenced me so in that particular short film there's one roommate that's like really into it and she's native and the other roommate who's also native is native is like that's you should not be watching that like that's bad medicine it's you know and so that's like the she watches it and she it's bad medicine (laughs) (laughs) yeah I wasn't gonna watch it all I couldn't I started to and then there was a point where I was like when I saw the image and I was like okay this is done. <laughs> I was it's such a scaredy cat, though. <laughs> it's very understandable. So the next one, so I filmed some other things, but then the most recent one, which was in 2021, we shot In Our Own Hands, which is a story about MMIW. And it's just the full story is... There's and then just for folks who may not know MMIW. Oh, Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, which is a crisis currently happening in the United States and in Canada, where Indigenous women are either taken or murdered, sex trafficked, all these horrible things that happen to them. And there's just, it's the rate is alarming when you compare it to other ethnicities. And it has to do with underfunding. It has to do with just people not knowing, lack of resources. And it's very frustrating because when we see as a community, when 
sometimes other people go missing and it gets shared in the media, the case is solved. However, none of our cases ever really get any media attention. And so um, this film is about a group of women that when their youngest goes missing, they grew up in a family that owns a gun range and is very familiar with fighting, survival skills, all the things. And they're like, we've been training for this. Let's go get her. And so, <laughs> Yeah, it's really good. We got a, in Hawaii, we went to Hawaii and um, this year and we invited Jen to come over and we had our own personal screening. And we were just like, Oh my God, you made this, you know, and now what's going to happen? What's going to happen now? You have an opportunity to. Um, so right now, a lot of excitement is happening. We're having a lot of momentum, which is like an industry word that I did not really realize. <laughs> um, so we have a lot of momentum right now. The feature script. So the short that I shared with Vicky and everybody that did really well. It went to various festivals. It's still playing at festivals and having screenings, but the feature film. So my writing partner, Gabby, she and I have submitted our feature script to different contests and things. So right now we are in the top 8%, I believe on Coverfly. We made it to the second round for Screencraft Film Fund, which is a big deal to me because one of the prizes is you can actually win a mentorship with Mark Duplass, the guy that I had mentioned that I listened to his video every <laughs> twice a year. So that would be great for me because I really admire, you know, admire him and all of the work that he's done. And then the big one, which we're under deadline right now, is we were we made it to the second round of the Sundance development track. And that is like, that's huge for us because we, you know, Sundance is a well-known industry um, organization that has resources and just so many possible opportunities could come from being invited into the Sundance family. So that would be amazing. So that's what we're working on right now is Tuesday. We have things that we have to turn in to Sundance. Is there anything that we can do as you're on this journey and under a deadline, but anything that we can do maybe afterwards? I think in general, what I mean, the first is like, just put out that those prayers, you know, <laughs> just put it out there. Yes. Because I think going back to like the whole bionic woman to go on slow thing, I think a lot of that also happens to be looking back in my life with a fear you know, just a lot of fear. So it, I think that whenever a person makes art of any kind, it takes a certain amount of bravery to like share that, you know, with the world. And so um, I feel that when I have, um, when I know that I have people's prayers and people's good energy with me, that gives me more courage because it can be very um, hard, but also like proud, like, but to walk into a movie theater on your own when your film is screening and you don't have, you don't have an entourage, you don't have anybody, you're just walking in like, hey, I made that, you know, <laughs> you know, like there's no one's, no one's hand to hold. Like I, that it can be very fearful, but like I did it, you know, I was like, all right, I'm going to sit here <laughs> by myself. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I mean, it does take courage. It does take vulnerability. And I think the two images that came to mind are perfect image. Like when you're in that space, watching the movie, the Wonder Woman woman, the, is it Wonder Woman you had mentioned was the first image where she's mm -hmm. spinning? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And you're there and, you know, sort of almost armored up a little bit with your shield and like you're, but you're trying to relax and just embrace all that has been created. I think it's just beautiful. I'm just so proud of you and for sure will continue to think of you and send good wishes and prayers your way for it to evolve to where it needs to evolve. 
So I know that's the big thing now. That's where your energy is at right now is making it to a full-fledged film, right? Yes, that's our that's our energy. I actually have, I'm like, I know I'm leveling up right now. And I know that I am making this baby. I don't know how, but I just know that it's happening. But I have two different kind of like coaches right now. I have a personal coach that is helping keeping me accountable in all areas of my life. But then I also have a like a film coach, a guy who has knows a lot more than I do when it comes to even like the business and like distribution and contracts and things like that. So I need the support to move forward because there's a lot of things that I know that I don't know. And, um, and I don't know who to turn to. So, so I have these two people that are in my corner and they're really helping me and I'm just going to keep, I'm going to keep going until you see, you know, on Netflix or Hulu, (laughs) I'm in your queue. I will be on you. You you will be in my queue, I should say. (laughs) Well, I love the fact that you have identified in this period of your life, like I need, I need coaches. I need, I need specific resources to help me move. And I think when we're doing something new and different and don't really know the path, when we don't ask for help, we get overwhelmed. And then we start beating ourselves up. And I, I love that you went to go look for help and you have a support system, you know, that can help you. And I know that you're still learning a lot because you, throughout this, uh, our connection, you've noted several times, like, I'm still learning. I'm still evolving. I'm still transitioning, you know, for, for people who are listening, who are curious about the industry, or it may not even have to be relevant to being in the film industry. What? What words of wisdom would you offer them based on your journey in Act 1 and Act 2 and where you're at now? What would you want to message to them? To no matter what it is that you want in your heart, to to make steps towards that. So um, I'm a big advocate of like when I'm in a situation where I need to make a decision or I'm having doubt or something, I kind of like close my eyes and I have, um, I, I literally have a magic wand <laughs> that, uh, you know, it was a prop somewhere and I just kept it and it's a magic wand and I hold it and I'm like, what is it? What do I really, 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 really want? And I'm like, you know, you're not going to get whatever, you know, (laughs) but what can you do to start on the path to that? And that's just like a little step. And then just keep making those steps every single day. And, you know, it's taken a long time, but I am very grateful to continuously be on this journey. And, you know, they have that saying about how in in war, I think, I don't know if it's Greece or something like that, but there were these soldiers that went to, um, they sailed their boats to another land. And then when they got to the land, they burned the boats so that the sailors didn't have an option. They had to win because they couldn't go back home. And I, that's how I feel. It's like, I've been doing this so long. I cannot give up. Like I have to keep going until I, until I make it. (laughs) Oh, I love that. So I want to start wrapping up with fire rounds, but when you gave that analogy, like I have to, right? Because I I made it this far and I just saw an image of like, when you're tired, then what do you do? You know, because there are times even for me where I'm like, oh, I'm tired. I don't know if I want to do this anymore or whatever I'm focusing on. And, you know, then I, you know, so I'm curious when you're in that moment, what do you do? Um, I allow it to come. I allow it to, I allow myself to have the breakdown, to have the cry, to have the screaming and the yelling and the whatever, but whatever it is. And then um, I take care of myself, however that is, like go for a run, go for a swim, watch a movie, eat something, whatever. Like I just acknowledge it and kind of sit with the, the feeling, whatever it is. And then I get back to work. So, so I know that it's not going to um, 
it's not going to get me to stop. Maybe it will temporarily because I definitely had times where I'm like, I've done in terrible, this is ridiculous. I should just, you know, get a real estate license. I don't know, like all these different, <laughs> like, that, you know, and I know that those things are normal and natural now for me. I'm sure they're natural for everyone, but I'm talking about myself. So I allow those moments to happen and then I start again, get right back to it. So it's not like hopping right on the horse. It's like, you know, go have some coffee and then come back and hop on the horse. Mm. (laughs) Well, I think the most important thing that you said for me anyway, and I know everyone's going to take different things from you differently, but is to just sit and honor where you're at. You know, that means having a good cry, have that cry, you know? Yeah. That's the hardest thing. I think folks don't want to sit with the feeling and that's when they run away from it and they distract it with other forms of activity that doesn't allow us to just honor where we're at. It's like, okay, that's where I'm at, you know? And I love that, that there's a pause, right? Before you hop back on. So I'm hearing also a little bit of reflection that you do before you get back on the horse. Did Wonder Woman, yeah, she rode on a horse, didn't she? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm sure there had to have been an episode where she was on a horse. <laughs> oh, all right. I'm going to go to fire round. These are just quick questions. Um, what's on your, currently right now, what's on your phone screensaver? Oh, right now, um, I have a, what would you... Oh, well, I can't see it because the, you know how you have like the different words, but it's like a saying. And the saying is basically, what would you attempt to do if you knew that failure was impossible? Mm. So I always think about that. Um, and then also my other phone saver is um, a picture of me, Glenn, and my grandson, Tristan. Mm, I love yeah. that. <laughs> Earlier, you were talking about when you are in the space of like, tired and you had mentioned food what's your comfort food Ooh, um cheeseburgers Ooh. and pizza um sausage and mushroom and tacos like those three things the three things that are essential in my life <laughs> no, if you're uh, in Jen's inner world or you're getting to know her, work with her, and you see that, offer those three foods. <laughs> Your first car. Oh, my first car was a Volkswagen Jetta. <laughs> Volkswagen Jetta. I've always wanted a Volkswagen. I don't own one, but I've always wanted one. They seem to be good cars. Yeah, it was a good car. Um, First love. Um, okay. I do know him. Um, well, you don't, uh, first love could be defined any, any way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm going to say it's a him because that's the first thing that came to my head. Yeah. What's so funny is that he found me on Instagram. So we're actually friends from like way back when, you know, like 17 years old, he was definitely my first love, but, um, and now we're Instagram friends. <laughs> oh, sweet. Favorite teacher. Oh, Mrs. Corby's. I loved her. Second and third, first and second grade. I think she knew that I was struggling. You know, I think she knew that it was hard for me. And so she was just so kind. And um, I felt like she looked out for me to make sure that things were fair, you know, Um, and to stop bullying, but without like, like, coming right out but like being in a way like manipulative but in a good way about it you know so I never felt like the, like I was the center of attention it just it, it always felt like she was kind of like um well let's just do this over here you know Aww. and kind of like separating people and moving things in a way that just felt it was like we had this little wink you know, like she knew, <laughs> she knew I was suffering and I needed help. Aww. So she came in and helped. And it was just, she just really was the best teacher. Oh, we need more teachers like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, favorite 80s song. <laughs> I 
She's like, there's um, too many. <laughs> there's too many, but I was yesterday rocking out to Jesse's Girl. <laughs> I love <And> that song. <laughs> we were with two like much younger people, actually three, all three of them. They're all like in their 20s. Um, so this is a 30 year ga- age gap, right? 20 year age gap and the guy was just like this is a classic man this is and I was like <laughs> it is I mean he was singing along he loved the song too but like <laughs> I felt like he didn't know that he was digging at me but he was digging at me <laughs> and I'm like this is from my time <laughs> but yeah it's a classic I like that song I'll, I'll say that one <laughs> yay so the last two questions are kind of connected but I'm curious like who is who are you manifesting or who, what are you hoping for your dream sort of, if you could get that actor or actress on, in a film, maybe a few, film that's not yet developed or that's one. And the other one is like, who would you want to be working with? Like maybe in partnership, maybe a, another co-director or someone to be ideal to work with on in, in a movie, creating a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, well, it's a good question about the who do you like who am I trying to manifest it because right now one of the people and I don't even know if she can act but she's somebody that I for my latest script in her own hands for the feature um her name is Ashley Collingbull and she is um yeah it's, you know where she was she's like um absolutely yeah. beautiful she's yeah. more known for a model mm-hmm. than she is as an actress or I don't even know if she can act but I'm assuming that she can <laughs> and that, or, you know, I'd be willing to take a chance on her and help um, to be the lead for In Her Own Hands because it is about a Native American woman who leaves her reservation, moves to Hollywood, has some success in Hollywood, but then goes back home when her sister is taken to help search for her sister. And so when putting kind of like my visual board of like what what do I think this character looks like I always visualize her um so that's someone that I'm like pulling trying to like manifest somehow a connection and then um as far as like working together I mean (laughs) a dream of course would be to do something with in the star wars world um i'm gonna i was gonna say george lucas but it's really more disney nowadays yeah that would be amazing i mean that's one of the reasons why i got involved in movies in the first place was um the impact that that movie had on me as a young girl and of course also i would love to do some type of well wellness with oprah that would be great Mm -hmm. that would be amazing you know some type of indigenous angle for wellness and stories um yeah so i mean there's a lot (laughs) a lot (laughs) yeah those are two that i'm I'm naming right now (laughs) i love it name it ashley call jennifer (laughs) (laughs) oprah will be waiting (laughs) and hi oprah (laughs) exactly (laughs) oh yeah we're friends now because of jen yeah (laughs) i heard you on vicky's podcast (laughs) oh jen i love you you're such a delight and any final words any anything that you want to leave with our listeners i know earlier you talked about don't give up and keep rolling but as we come to a close anything that is wanting to be unearthed I think I just want to take a moment to honor you because I remember when you said, I think I'm about starting a podcast, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and just on your journey, I want your listeners to know, you know, that you've really gone from absolutely zero to a full on like professional podcasts and it's really just like it's amazing to watch and the last one you had where you talked about in the poem section about like one hour a day that like I don't know what it did but it did something to me man it like it penetrated and really made me think about 
my life and like just this one hour. Um, and I have not dedicated one hour, but I have dedicated 15 minutes to doing something outside of my, my, my norm. And I think it's been beneficial for me. So you made an impact on my life. <laughs> and I just think it's amazing. So I'm very appreciative and I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to be on your podcast. And I'm just, I'm just so proud of you. Mm, thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate everything that you said. <sighs> I always tell people to take a deep breath. Taking it all in. So you all heard it from Jennifer, AKA Hollywood. <laughs> Don't give up. It's never too late. Baby steps manifest. Be mindful about who you put around you. And when you're tired, take a rest. Then get onto the pony and be mindful about your beliefs. The story in our head. Put that in check. Lots of yumminess that you offered us, Jennifer. And we will send you well wishes, well wishes for um, whatever you're manifesting. And I can't wait to see the final product of In Your Hands. I love you. Ayonishne. Ashehat. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Aloha.